from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. All right, we're going to check in with Mike Burling over with the Durham Bulls. But first, let's get to the news of the day. According to ESPN, the electronic strike zone will be used in all 30 Class AAA parks in 2023. This is a significant step to using technology at the big league level. But of course, they'll use the automatic balls and strike system, commonly referred to ABS, in two different ways in AAA this year. Half of the teams will be played with all of the calls determined by the electronic strike zone. And the other half will be played with an ABS challenge system, similar to what they use in professional tennis. So Mike Burling is the vice president baseball operations for the Durham Bulls. He, of course, cannot on the record confirm this. However, Mike, in a world where you might possibly have to adjust to automatic balls and strikes being called, what will that mean? For the fan experience over in Durham, yeah. So um, potentially, last of course, year, the the Pacific Coast League and and Charlotte, the you know the one team in the IL uh, was using the ABS, and so we we when we played Charlotte, we were able to see it. Uh, when we were in the national championship game, we were able to see the challenge system in place. Um, so it's gonna it's gonna be fascinating. I, I, I you know me personally, I, I really like the challenge piece of it it was um you know, the fans really liked it the fans got involved in uh and it just adds kind of a unique situation to the game because the managers aren't the ones who who are who are asking it's the hitter it's the catcher um so it was just a unique aspect of um kind of brought into the game of baseball are you a baseball purist mike so I was, <laughs> uh, but I've evolved. You know, I, when we first were told in next innings we were going to have a guy starting on second base, I cringed. But, uh, but I've gotten used to it, and you know, the fans do like it. It brings some excitement. Uh, game times are such a, a an important issue that that we deal with in baseball. Um, so to be able to, to to implement different things that um, you know can can change that game time uh, aspect, you know, make it more of of you know the, the the for me it's more the pace of play so if, if as long as we're doing it smartly and and not changing the game too much i'm all for it i was gonna say and mike burling uh vp of baseball operations and durham bulls joining us here on the Heaster automotive group hotline of course capital broadcasting owns this radio station they own the durham bulls just so we make sure everyone understands that but mike when i go to a game over in durham i see a pitch clock i see like this concerted effort to speed the game up I feel like the automated strike zone, the fully automated strike zone, would, would probably add a little more pep in the step there too. But w- what are we thinking in terms of like a, a target time for games played here? Uh, well, uh, if, if from a target standpoint, I think if we can get to the two hours and 30 minutes to two hours, 45 minutes, mm-hmm. fans will be very happy with that. I, th- I think the once you get over three hours, it's just too long. Uh, and, and just the way the game of baseball is. And so we – we, with the pitch clock got implemented, there was a, a change early on, but then it kind of leveled out. But now this past year, they shortened the pitch clock, and that was very well received. And, and our game times dropped about 15 minutes in average. So it was a big jump. And now with this ABS, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But, but once again, I, I, I really hope we kind of lean towards the challenge part because, you know, talking to umpires, they need to stay engaged. And, and if it's just – 
you know, a beep telling you whether it's a ball or strike, it's hard for them to stay engaged in the game over the, and then who knows what kind of call they're going to miss. So uh, I know the umpires really like the challenge system because they're still the ones making the decision. And I hope that's kind of where we end up when we're, when we're done with all this. Before I let you go, are you a tennis fan? Uh, I am. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I watch the grand slams. I prefer the automatic the automatic system where oh look right. it's in it's out I don't, I'm not sitting here relying on quite frankly maybe somebody with not the greatest eyesight in the history of the world or attention span so this to me right. I, and I'm I am I, I grew up rooting, watching baseball in the New York area I love baseball and it's harder to follow down here for sure when without a major league team of course the the Bulls are great but it's harder to follow from down here and also when you look at baseball and you're right you get past that three hour mark. And you're sitting here going, well, why are we guessing at this point when we have technology? So that's just that's just my two cents. I'm a fan. Of no, technology. I think you're right. I think you're right. And and you look at the history of the game, the changes in in who won, who would have won the World Series based yeah. on a ball or a strike call. <laughs> it's so fairly it, it significant. Have a yeah, impact on the game. <laughs> yes, Mike. Well, I know it's uh, January 13th. When do the, when do things really get ramped up over there in Durham and people can come see some of these different changes? Over yeah, in, uh, so this over is, at the Bulls. Well, this is the earliest we'll, we'll 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 ever open up. We're opening up on March 31st. So this wow! Is the first time the Bulls will have a a home game in March, so it's going to be here before you know it for sure. We'll check them out, Durham Bulls. Mike Burling, appreciate you taking some time. Thanks, Joe. You got it. I'm here for the robot ups. I'm here for the ball automated balls and strikes. I've been arguing for this for years, and the way that baseball basically works is. Yeah, it goes through the minor league system. They see basically what Mike was talking about there. Does it significantly change the time? Because that's that's the window. They would love to get back into a three-hour window. Baseball, all levels of baseball would love to get back to a three-hour window. I'm for it. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. All right, as you mentioned earlier, the all-pro teams have been announced by the Associated Press today. You know what? I'm not even going to get into who the guys are that made the all-pro teams. I want to know who got snubbed, but here's the thing, Joe Gillia. We're taking this to a whole other level. People are already putting out their all-pro snub list. I want to know who got snubbed from the snub list. Okay. That's where I want to know. All right? Like, Brian Burns wasn't even on the snub list. That's not cool. He needs to be on the snub list. Now, remember, this is all-pro. Yes, this is all-pro, not Pro Bowl. This is different. This is one, basically, give or take, a 22-man all-pro team. This isn't the Pro Bowl where, like, Mitch Trubisky is the eighth alternate and yeah. can claim he was a pro bowler. This is all pros. This is basically their version of the, of the all-NBA team. This yes. is the all-NFL team, if you will. So the two quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, first team, second team, Jalen Hurts. A lot of people are like, well, Josh Allen, he got snubbed. Okay. You know who got I, snubbed? I tell you what, Hurts had a year, though. He had a great season. You know who got snubbed from that snub list? Joey Burr. He did. He got snubbed from the snub list. See, the, we the can appendicitis make... really kind of set him back there. That kind of did. That kind of did. But Christian McCaffrey was on the snub list. Okay. So, okay, what running? Who on our running back list is on our snub list or was left off our snub list? That's what I want to know. Can there even be a snub list for tight end when when Travis Kelsey had the year that he did? Can you can you I mean, contort was, yourself? Was... Can you get yourself worked up to that point? I probably could. <laughs> I'm sure I could. You know what? Dawson Knox wasn't on the snub list. Put him on. There you go. So, no, yeah. Nothing like a little faux outrage. Uh, yeah, I don't see many surprises on here. Obviously, Justin Jefferson had a hell of a year to re-kill. 
Devontae Adams is your as your receiver. Josh Jacobs led the NFL in rushing. No problems there. Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, again, not seeing a lot of problems. I did see Sauce Gardner, though. Jets, first time in 41 years. Yeah, rookie getting a first A rookie team. corner is on the first team all pro. I think he's the first rookie since Ronnie Lott. Nuts. That's nuts. In 81 to make an all pro team. He had some kind of season for the Jets. All right, what do we got next? The Carolina Hurricanes ended their four-game losing streak with the 6-2 win in Columbus last night. It was Freddie Anderson's first appearance in net since December 6th. It's been a minute since, excuse me, November 6th. It's been a minute since we had seen Freddie. He comes back. He didn't have to be great because Canes, their defense, scoring all kinds of goals early in a 6-2 win at Columbus. Canes are getting ready for back-to-back games this weekend. They play Pittsburgh Saturday at 7, Vancouver Sunday at 5. You can listen to both of those games right here on 99.9 The Fan. But what we need before we do anything else is two minutes from Adam Gold. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. All right, boys and girls, I've got two minutes for three things from the Kane 6-2 win over the Blue Jackets. One, the return of the Great Dane. After a handful of games that didn't get results because Carolina significantly lost the goaltending battle, they needed a solid performance from Frederick Anderson. Nothing crazy. Now the puck will stay in the Kane's own line. A dragging shot right on, and that was a rifle. That was right into the blocker side of Frederick Anderson. Freddie didn't have to stand on his head. His skates were fine. Columbus is the worst team in the Eastern Conference. Carolina's among the best. Just keep your skates tied tight. We should be fine. Check. Two, on a night when the Hurricanes' blue line produced the first five goals, it wasn't one of the stars that stood out. It wasn't Pesci's pair, and quite a pair they are, I mean were, or Burns or Slavin's goals. It was this lightning bolt while shorthanded. Sillinger will lose the puck, played off the board. Chatfield turns on the Jets. Chatfield to the back, and he scores! Real shorthanded magic continues for Carolina. Oh my! Put that one in the top 10. Well, you know where I'm going. I'm going to Chatmandu. This is turning into one of the great personal stories in the league. Chatfield is legitimately good. And by the way, Carolina's penalty kill might be more dangerous right now than their power play. And I didn't think their power play was bad last night. Three shorties in the last two games. Three. The Finns. Oh, come on. Did you really? Come on, Rusty. Finland, Finland, Finland. It's the country for me. All right, that, that's better. But one of the best parts of last night, the play of the Suomi Trio. Sebastian Ajo was dynamite all night. Jesperi Kukaniemi had two assists and now has eight points in his last 11 games. But we saw a great game from Tevo Teravainen. Superb stuff defensively, and his offensive zone steal set up Pesci for the first goal, and he was great all night long. Finland, Finland, Finland. Finland has it all. Finland has it all. Adam Gold and engineer extraordinaire Rusty Helser have way too much fun with the two minutes of gold brought to you by Dice Heart. Willis, all right, what is next? Number two. 
We got ACC basketball Saturday. Two big matchups for our triangle teams. We got NC State hosting Miami at noon over at PNC Arena. And then Duke goes down to Clemson. Five o'clock. Blue Devils trying to build off of Wednesday's win over Pitt. North Carolina back at home taking on Louisville. Louisville's so bad. This is a Q4 game. A quadrant four. The worst. This is like the equivalent of playing Coppin State at home. Is there a potential Q5 here? <laughs> Louisville would be there. So while, yes, Carolina dealing with some injury issues to Armando Baycott with the ankle, Pete Nance with the back, doesn't sound like we'll be seeing either one of them against the Cardinals uh, at the Smith Center at 2 o'clock. I think I think they tar. Excuse me, that game's down in Louisville. So it, it, it's, it's still a Q4 game. Which is crazy unto itself. But uh, Tar Heel is going to Louisville. So they'll have some injury issues there. But I, in my opinion, we're going to see the best team in the ACC on Saturday. And that's Miami. Miami comes to PNC. 5-1 and one in the league. Nigel Pack, Isaiah Wong, Jordan Miller. Those are guys who can get buckets. Norchard O'Meara, their big guy who they got from Arkansas State, has come in and really filled a void in the middle, particularly on the defensive end. State had this game down there early in uh, December, Dennis, but they lose after being up by nine at the half. And really a game where their defense got away from them in the second half. This is an old school game, feels like it to me. You know, you, it used to be you played around Robin, so you saw everybody twice. And when you lost early in the year at their place, you said, yeah, but we're going to see you at our place. Yeah. Doesn't work that way anymore. Uh, great opportunity for NC State. Actually not a Q1 game. Because Miami is 36 in the net. So you have to be in the top 30 to have a home game that counts as a Q1 game. I think by the end of the year, though, Miami will be in that top 30. I think Carolina, who's at 32 right now, will work its way into the top 30. Wake Forest at 81. You know, if they move up to 75, the game State would play down in Winston-Salem would be a Q1 game. Right now, NC State has... 14 games left in the league. They're three and three in the ACC. Six of those 14 games, though, are Q3 or Q4 games. If you're not familiar with how the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee works, the Q1 games are the ones they value the most, then the Q2 games. Then the Q3 and Q4 are kind of viewed as, well, first of all, how many of those did you schedule? Because if you did, they'll, they'll hold that against you. And second of all, how many of those did you lose? Yeah. Now, you can lose Q4 games and still make the tournament. That is a thing. It's not going to end your season. Last year, NC, uh, UNC lost to Pitt at home. It didn't cost UNC because, of course, they did something extraordinary at the end of the regular season to play their way into the tournament. Clemson at 6-0 for the first time in school history that they're 6-0 in league play. They host Duke. I thought Duke really needed everything they got from Kyle Filipowski. 28 points, 15 rebounds in a comeback win over Pitt at home. It's time to see what Duke can do on the road, though, because what I've seen out of the Blue Devils, the one game in Raleigh, no bueno. The game that they go down to Winston-Salem, no bueno. Even the game last weekend, they go up to Boston College. They go 11 minutes in the second half without making a field goal. So John Shire in year one, the big challenge for him is going to get be able to get his team to play better on the road. Tough stretch coming up for Duke. They got Clemson, 
Then they have they get a week off. They play Miami and then Virginia Tech on the road. So we'll see what happens with the Blue Devils as they take on Clemson. Yeah, I mean, sounds a little backwards here in basketball season to be talking about Duke being worried about Clemson, but that's the truth. Next up. The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. Lamar Jackson's not going to play for the Baltimore Ravens. What does John Harbaugh, his coach, have to say about that? Right after this update, we'll hear from the Ravens coach. I'm here with Coach Pete from Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, when it comes to retirement, how do you factor inflation into your financial fill-up? <laughs> well, that's a big thing these oh, days. Yeah. How do we counteract this? We make sure that our money's in the right place. We make sure we can't lose a lot of our money when we get closer to retirement. We need to make sure that we have an inflation-protected plan for the next 10 people who call. We'll put it together for them, Tim, at no cost or obligation. They'll even get a bag of my new coffee when they come in. Call 800-691-3215, or you can text my name, Tim, to 600 600- 700. Just make sure they know that you heard about it here on The Drive. Lamar Jackson is a good show when he's on the field. I haven't seen him, though, since December 4th when the Ravens were taking on the Denver Broncos in Baltimore. Ravens were able to limp into the playoffs without Jackson. They had held out some hope that he would be able to play in this game. But Jackson came out on social media yesterday and for the first time really clarified what was wrong with his knee and what was going on because John Harbaugh has kind of positioned this, I don't know, we call it quiet quitting now. That's the big thing. He's kind of positioned this as Jackson potentially protesting that he doesn't have uh, his contract. Here's what Harbaugh had to say about Jackson's injury. Does the team agree with the assessment of it being a grade two, borderline grade three? Well, you know, that's the thing. It's not something that uh, that we can comment on. You know, the, the, the nature of an injury specific is is really the only person that can comment on that is a person. I mean, there's there's laws along those lines. We're educated by the league in terms of what we're allowed to say and what we're not allowed to say. So that's nothing I could ever begin to comment on. Lol. He's talking about HIPAA. It does not apply to... It really doesn't even really apply to adults, to be perfectly honest with you. But it does not apply to the NFL, where injury information is public information because of the league's ties to gambling, which is relies upon accurate injury information. I like John Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. He is certainly the more likable of the Harbaugh's. Uh, easily. I mean, that's like, you know, being... That's that's really low. That's a really low bar. Very low. But I, I just think the way that he has handled the situation this year with Lamar Jackson, begin and I get it. He's not the one with the contract negotiations. He's not the one saying don't sign him to the long term deal. Don't give him the deal that the Browns gave to Deshaun Watson. But at some point, you also should stick up for your quarterback. Which all of the things he said in the past few weeks, it doesn't sound anything like that the the support has not been there i think the ravens are going to get run by the Bengals. Mm-hmm. i just i mean I, I know that's not exactly a hot take but they'll play sunday they're the night game on sunday Bengals are an eight and a half point favorite you're talking about tyler huntley or potentially anthony brown yeah even huntley's been hurt huntley's been banged up and listen harbaugh did great work to get the ravens into the playoffs but this has the feel of a Bengals runaway to me the closest game of the weekend the consensus seems to be will be the Buccaneers and the Cowboys now the Buccaneers have Tom Brady yes they do 
but they're eight and nine on the season. They're only in the playoffs because they won a bad division. Congratulations. What is that really going to get you? But they're taking on the Cowboys, who have a history of, well, when <laughs> recent history, I should say, of when they get to the playoffs, they bobble a, a field goal snap. They try to clock, they try to run a play when they should be clocking the ball. Their timeout management, their clock management, they, they just seem to be a magnet to difficult losses in the postseason last year. No exception with Dak Prescott scrambling and not understanding how the clock works. Of course, there's a Packer fan out there right now screaming, Mike McCarthy has never understood how the clock works. But it's the Cowboys and the Bucks and Tom Brady. Yep, he's still Tommy. And if it gets to the last two minutes and he's got to look at it, I would suggest that he's going to win it. But here's Brady on not only the offense finding balance because it can't just be let me drop back and see if I can hit Mike Evans, which is how they won the division against the Panthers. Well, I think we're just, you know, every week trying to figure out different ways to, you know, I've always said it just comes down to scoring points and how do you put yourself in a position to score points. So if you've got to run it, great. I've been a part of a lot of those games. If you need to throw it a lot, you know, because that's what the situation calls for. You know, it's for one reason or another, it's just the way the year went. But, um, you know, you got to stay balanced and you got to run the ball well. I thought one thing we did really well against in the first time we played was we ran the ball really well. And that alleviated a lot of pressure from the passing game. And I think the teams that are playing well now do run the ball pretty well. And, um, you know, we're going to have to do it. But they got some good players. They got some very athletic linebackers, obviously a very good D-line. So it's, it's tough. It's going to be a big challenge. That's Tom Brady. That's the Monday night game. Bucks hosting the Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys in that game, even though I didn't love Jerry Jones giving Mike McCarthy a vote of confidence. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. Joe, we'll be back on Tuesday. We'll, we'll, we'll all be back on Tuesday. We'll have a best of on Monday. You missed anything from today's show. Great conversation with Jordan Cornett from the ACC Network and ESPN. Talk to Mike Archer. The old NC State assistant coach worked at Virginia, Kentucky, Miami, LSU. Has a great perspective on college football. It was great to catch up with Coach Archer. Catch that on the best of the OG podcast. Or, my goodness, Dennis Cox, you should have shocked me before now. Check out the YouTube page. Oh, my God. 99.9 The Fan is on YouTube. You can find the best of the OG, the best of Adam Gold, Culture State, Pack Therapy, What's on Gilio's Card, Victoria's MMA Secret, you name it, it's there. All you got to do is subscribe. As Joe likes to say, smash the subscribe button on our YouTube page on 99.9 The Fan. I am interested in smashing some buttons when it comes to legalized gambling in the state of North Carolina. However, this is an interesting twist. And Brian Murphy from WRAL joining me now. 
on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline. Murph, not only are these teams ready and set to cash in on advertising revenue or sponsorship revenue in the arena and and have potential sports books in their venues, they now want the licenses? This is what Don Waddell from the Carolina Hurricanes <laughs> told you? They do. I mean, many other people have told me this as well. This is going on in a lot of states. Uh, I guess Tennessee is the only state that has, that has sort of unfettered access for the operators. Almost every other state has tied these licenses to either casinos, sports teams, racetracks, uh, you know, other venues. And so I think the North Carolina pro team said, we can get a lot more money out of this if we own the license and the gambling operators have to come to us rather than they owning the license and we having to go to them. So eight of the 12 teams would like, there's, excuse me, there are 12 total, there would be 12 total operator licenses in the state of North Carolina. Right. That means 12 companies would be able to operate, you know, mobile sports gambling. That that number could change, but right okay. now it would be 12. And that's a million dollars a pop. So the, the VIG to get in is a, is a million. Right. Which sounds like a lot, but actually, Murph, you're going to make that pretty quick. <laughs> Yeah, a million is not a lot, and that, that's for five years. You, you only get the okay. license for five years, so it's not a lifetime thing, and you'd have to pay probably 500000 to renew it every five years. But, yeah, we're looking at, you know, billions of dollars being spent, even even in a state like Virginia, which is comparable to North Carolina. I think they're at almost $4.5 billion bet in 2022. So it, just to be clear here, it wouldn't be the Carolina Hurricanes sports book. It would be they had the license and it would be run through DraftKings or FanDuel or any of the other companies, MGM Grand, that we see that are popular on the Internet. Right. And and I don't want to, um, you know, I, I hope people didn't get the wrong impression from some of the reporting that I did. But, yes, the, the Carolina Hurricanes are not going to be running the sports. Okay. They don't so, have that. So expertise. I'm not going up to the window. It's Tom Dundon <laughs> setting the number. <laughs> and he's pocketed my money. That That's not exactly how this is happening. Tom Dundon's no, not, not becoming Uncle Nunzio, just the legalized version of Uncle Nunzio back in uh, Weehawken is what you're saying. Right, not at all. Okay. But fair. they can cut a much better deal, right, if I have the thing that everybody wants. The license. And then DraftKings has to – right, which okay. is the license. And DraftKings has to come to me and work with the Carolina Hurricanes to put that sports book in. Well, then I can cut a much better deal. I have a lot more leverage than if DraftKings has the license and I, as the Carolina Hurricanes, have to go to them and and cut a deal. Check out Brian Murphy's story on WRAL.com. Great information in there. Murph, you, you talk to some different representatives. It sounds like this. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how I could jinx it. This is a group that last time <laughs> scotched it because of the Dixie Classic. But it sounds like this thing's a go. Uh, hopefully by the NCAA tournament, or what are we thinking timetable-wise? Yeah, I have some good news and some bad news for you, Joe. Okay. Good news is they, the good news is they think it's going to pass. The bad news is they thought it was going to pass last year. Correct, uh, correct. The other bad news for, for you, I think, is even if this passes this year and, and the legislative session will get kicked off at the end of January, it will probably be here through June. So sometime, if it passes in sometime in that six-month period, I don't think it's going to be up and running until late 2023, perhaps as late as early 2024. Okay, so you're saying not even the start of the football season for 20 for 23. I'm saying think about the Super Bowl next Super Bowl. Why why so slow? 
you know, some states have gotten this up and running really fast. Other states have taken long over a year. I mean, they got to set a lot of regulations. They've got to award these licenses. Uh, they don't want to give anybody a jump, a head start into the into the market. So everyone will launch on the same date. Um, and so I, I just think it's going to be a process. The lottery commission, which doesn't have, isn't equipped to do this at the moment, is going to have to ramp up staffing, I think, to go through these applications. Um, I, so I'm expecting six to nine to 12 months to get this up and going. All right. So have they corralled enough votes on both sides of the aisle? I'm looking through your story. I see some Republicans quoted in there. I see some Democrats quoted in there. I mean, how could this be the one thing in the state of North Carolina, not having gambling be the one thing that Republicans and Democrats can agree on of all the things? Right. There's bipartisan support and bipartisan opposition. Yeah. The thing to remember is the 120 member House of Representatives, which defeated this by a single vote last year, has turned over 28 of those spots. So the composition is is much, much different. I talked to Representative Zach Hawkins, who, who missed that vote last year due to a family emergency, a family matter. And I think if he had been there, he'd been a champion of it all along. If he'd been there, it probably passes last year. Um, so I, I think the supporters of this are very optimistic that the new configuration of the house, the new members, the way it breaks down, they have the votes to get this passed. Brian Murphy, WRAL, catch this story on WRAL.com. Murph, appreciate you taking some time. Have a good weekend and enjoy covering this vote. I know it'll keep you on your toes. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Have a good weekend. Be good. This is the OG. I'm Joe Giglio, Joe Ovius. Back on Tuesday. We'll all be back on Tuesday. This has been quite a fun Friday. I made it, Dennis, without giving away a tumbler. Are you do you see my New Year's resolution? Do you see that yeah. I, I you know a lot of people may not realize this is that for a long time you were very much like I'm tossing this thing out like candy at a parade. You're like, oh, you want a Tumblr? Sure, you go and get one. And then you The learned, Oprah giveaway. It was the Oprah giveaway. And you get a Tumblr, and you get a Tumblr. And then all of a sudden you learned, oh, we're a little bit low on supply, We're low, even though we just got a little bit of restock. I was scolded. I was scolded. Y you were a little bit. Now you're like, quit playing the easy parts <laughs> of the songs. Don't do that. Don't ever make things easy for the contestant. I was like, Joe, I was making it easy for the contestant as best <laughs> I could, and they still weren't getting it. This is true. So it's true. not a me thing. You had too many fun Fridays on Tuesdays. I can't give And a, Wednesdays. I, I and got, Thursdays. I can't be all willy-nilly with the tumblers anymore. Are you struggling to get a good night's sleep? Look no further than Parkway Sleep. For 20 years, we have been your locally owned and operated sleep center. I'm Brandon Giggling, president of Parkway Sleep Health Centers. Did you know that people are waiting a staggering six to eight months for a sleep study at other sleep labs? At Parkway, we understand the importance of your sleep needs. That's why we offer openings within weeks, not months, saving you time. Don't let sleepless nights take over your life. Visit us today at parkwaysleep.com. Parkway Sleep Health Centers. Sound sleep, sound health.